You see, no matter what the new year brings our way, we don't have to be afraid because Jesus is going to be there every step of the way. Remember a few months ago, I, I used a little example about a baseball diamond. How many were here that, that morning that I was chasing around and, and running all over the place? And some of you not even willing to admit it. But yeah, I, that was me. But the reality is, it's like, this race that we're in is like a baseball diamond. And we're running it. Can I make first base? And Jesus is standing there. Yeah, come on. I, I, I made the way for you. Then we get to second base, and Jesus is there. said, keep going, keep going. And he cleared the way to get to second base. And you know when you got to second base, who was waiting for you? Jesus. But he doesn't say, okay, hold up. He said, come on, keep going. Why? Because not only is Jesus waiting for you at third base, not only was Jesus waiting for you at second base, you know what Jesus is doing? He's running alongside of you saying, we are going to make it. Can you say Amen. And then he doesn't stop you at third base. He said, come on home, kids. And he's running along with you. And he's at home waiting with open arms, saying, come on in. You see, we have a known God. We don't have to fear the unknown of what the new year might bring because God has already been there. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Center or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. This year is, at the beginning of this year, is we're going to be meeting with all of our leaders, and we had an incredible meeting, my wife and I, with, with Heather and, and Bill yesterday in, in the, the worship ministry and, and what God has done and what God is doing. And it's, it was quite a blessing because God had given uh, uh, them some verses and passages in Scripture. And unbeknownst to me, I started sharing with them what God had placed on my heart for this year, for 2019, and, and the vision, the plan, the purposes, and what we have in our pursuit. And the Scriptures and what God placed we're all the same. How, how cool is that? That God just knows how to run His church. And all we have to do is get in the way. A lot of people say, well, don't you mean get out of the way? No. Years ago, I used to say, God, you want me to get out of the way so you can do something? And God said, no, get in the way. Because when you're in the way, I can guide your feet. But when you're standing on the outside looking in, 
Come on. I want you this morning for a few moments, I, I want to take you into a message that, that I believe God gave me for the beginning of this year, actually this whole series, talking about a brand new beginning. There's some of us, beyond just the fact that this is the beginning of the year, there's a bunch in this room that just need a clean slate. Okay, that wasn't the only ones that needed a clean slate. There were others. <laughs> but folks, all of us, me included, you know, you go through bumps in the road. Have you, ever, have you ever driven down the road and you had a car full of stuff or a truck full of stuff or, or something and you hit a bump in the road and everything just went chaotically flying? Anybody besides me? Besides this morning? Okay. And you know what? You, you go and you look and, oh, it's a mess. How many hit some bumps in the road in 2018? And you're still trying to put the pieces back together. It might be family. It might be finances. It might be familiar things that are no longer familiar. You ever been a part of something that's always been what it's always been, and now it isn't? Perplexity, uncertainty, and security is the title of today's message. Very, uh, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine, most of you all know him, Pastor Ray Kirkland. He's one of our board members. I was talking to him on the phone last night, and, and he and I shared this, this, this common issue that we're not really good at titling sermons. And he started telling me about this, this young guy in his church that preaches every once in a while, and he said, that guy comes up with some of the coolest titles. And then my wife was in the background listening to us, and she said, it's because you guys are old. But I like the title, Perplexity, Uncertainty, and Security. How many like the title? Okay, good. Okay, let me take the offering out and give it to you. Okay, just... I, I, read a, I, read a, I read a newspaper story one time, and it actually was a story about a newspaper, about a guy who uh, one day he woke up, and he was reading the newspaper, and he was shocked to find his name in the obituary column. He was perplexed, can I say amen? He's reading this, and he's looking at it, and it's him. It's not just somebody else with the same name. It is him. He called up the newspaper, screaming from one side of the room to the other, outraged that they had made such a huge mistake. This is terrible. I mean, he is screaming. He is beyond himself. He is beside himself. How could you do this to me? Well, he is yelling all this stuff, and all of a sudden the newspaper's explanation did not satisfy the man. So he jumped in his car, he drove down to the, to the newspaper office, and he prepared to do the same articulation of screaming and shouting and making everybody know that he was a little perplexed. Well, the editor of the newspaper got tired of his screaming and yelling and got frustrated he himself. He said, cheer up. Tomorrow I'm going to put your... Name in the birth column so you can start all over. Now that is kind of humorous in and of itself. But let's look at it in reality. How many would love to just start over? I mean, that, that whole thing about 
okay, I'm dead, and I'm going to be born again. You see, if you're a Christian today, you actually have that ability every single day of your life. If you mess up today, tonight God will wash away the pages of that book with a beautiful sunset. And you know what he'll do tomorrow? Before you ever crack the eyelids, he'll be painting the sky with his glory and saying, guys, it didn't look like yesterday, does it? It's brand new. Brand new. And, and God wants to, as Christians, but ladies and gentlemen, I think that we fail to know that, to realize that, that this year, this year is still a blank slate. This is the first Sunday of the year. Happy New Year! This is the first Sunday. You know, there are opportunities ahead of you that you have never had. But listen, not just had, but you haven't missed them yet. They're still out there. They're waiting for you. There are prospects that you've only dreamed of. And no, they haven't escaped you yet. You see, you and I decide the course we are going to take. Now, I know a lot of people say, no, no, God decides the course. That's right. But you and I decide whether we're going to get into His course or our course. Whether we're going to get in the way or out of the way. And God said, no, get, get in. Get in the river of my glory. Get in the river of my promise. Get in the river of my forgiveness. Get in the river of my healing. Get in the river of my hope. Get in the river of my promise. Get in the river of my future. Get in the river that I've designed for your destiny. Say, Pastor, how do I do that? I am so glad you asked. We must, number one in your notes, it's on the screen. We have to learn from what was to gain wisdom in what is yet going to be, what yet can be. You've heard the old adage that if we, if we don't take care of the present, we have the ability to fall back into the past. This coming new year and the ending of the old one, I can't tell you how many people, myself included, where did it go? Where did last year go? But let me encourage you. It's only 349 days to Christmas. <laughs> what do you think, Derek? Yeah. Shaking his head back there. Yeah. There, there. We just got over that. Can we wait a few days to talk about it? Where, where did the year go? But I cannot tell you how many have talked to me and they literally said, Pastor, I'd like a do-over. I'd like a do Things got so shook up last, last month or last year. Everything just kind of went chaotic last year. Can I just have a do-over? You see, I think there would be many in this room that would love to have a do-over, would love to turn over a new leaf, a new start, a new beginning. And you can. Let me take you into God's Word. Jeremiah chapter 6. 
you have your Bibles, open that. It'll be on the screen. But open your Bibles up to Jeremiah chapter 6. Now I'm, I'm reading this out of the New Living Translation. I use several different versions when we preach. That's the particular one that I'm using that and even in the course of the message. I try to use versions that make the clearest sense to everybody that I don't have to uh, explain a whole lot. That way it's right there in front of you. Look what, the, look what it says. Now, now let me give you a little backdrop. Israel is messed up. They've hit those bumps in the road. But can I tell you, it wasn't an accident. They did it purposely. There's people, folks, that we find in the Bible, they made more mistakes on purpose than you and I do on accident. And Israel was good at that. They were, is, they were good at turning their back on God. Well, Israel is all messed up, and God says, okay, guys, judgment's coming. I'm going to deal with some of these things. I'm going to challenge these things. I'm going to correct these things. And Israel wasn't happy about it. And God said, well, who put you there? I said, you could get in the way. Or you get out. And you want to do your own thing. You want to go your own direction. You didn't want to go my direction. And so God's talking to them here. And God's trying to help them to understand, guys, we can fix this. You say, well, pastor, isn't God God? Can't God do anything he wants to do? Yes, he could. He could have just wiped it all out and started again. Look at somebody and said, I, I'm glad he didn't. I wouldn't be here. God can do anything God wants to do. But you know what God does? He chooses to bind himself up in us. He said, I made a way where there seems to be no way, but are you going to walk in that way? So look what he tells the, the, the children of Israel. He said, this is what the Lord says, and I'm starting with the 16th verse. Stop at the crossroads and look around. He said, it's a, new li- it's a new day. You got an opportunity to take this fork, that fork, straight ahead, turn. Stop at the crossroads and look around. And then he says this, ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Look what he says here. He said, guys, yeah, everything's got messed up. Perplexity galore. But it's not because I didn't want it not to go that way. I don't, can we be honest confessions here? Anybody here ever made a bad choice? Okay, I wanted to make sure we had a few honest people in here. We're going to have an altar call right now for all the rest of you that didn't raise your hand. Okay? Think about it for a second. We've made bad choices. And you know, this is what God, through Jeremiah, is saying. He said, guys, you're at a crossroad. Stop. Don't just plow through. Look at it. Find the godly way and walk in. I think it's interesting how God uses the word old. Like his way has gotten old. Who did it get old to? Us. Find the, God, the old godly way and walk in it. Look what it says here. If you'll travel its path, its path what's it say? Folks, it's not rocket science. Stop where you are and look around. Okay, God, this is a mess. It's just perplexity. Stop and look around. Find the old godly way and walk 
in it. And I'm not going to read the rest of it, but go to the next, line, the next screen. Look what it says at the last five words. They have... Oh, those are scary words, aren't they? He said, I want to fix all this, but the problem is they have... We look at God's Word and God tells us how to fix it. God tells us what we need to do, but we don't always want it that way. You see, we can decide this year which path we're going to walk. The one we just left or the brand new one that lays ahead of us. We can decide. Each and every one of us have that opportunity. God's not going to make us do anything. Am I making sense today? I really I wanted to make this so simple that we could start the year off just simple. I'm a simple guy, folks. We can decide. We have been given the opportunity to decide what are going to be the priorities of this new year. But understand, those choices will be the decisions that govern us each day. Not God, the choices we make. Look at Jeremiah encourages. Stop at the crossroad. Just don't, don't just plow through. Don't just say, well, you know, hey, it's, it's, it is what it is, and let's just kind of move on, and let's just do that. No, he said, stop. Look around. You know what I, what I try to do? As your pastor, I, I don't just try to randomly show up here with a piece of paper with a bunch of stuff scribbled on it. I try to stop every, every time I put a series together saying, God, what do you want to say to your people? See, I, I, can, I can buy a book of sermons. I, I can. You know those little notes that are in your, your, your outlines there? Where's your notes, Heather? You see? See those little notes? See, I don't need them. I just, you see them? See them? Yes, I do. I don't have to do this. It'd be a whole lot more, less work if I didn't. But you know why I do it? I want you to do what Jeremiah said. Stop and look. Pastor Ray even takes them. Look at this. It's out on his knees. And he's looking at them. Do you know why? He could preach this sermon. He's been in the Bible as long as I have. You've got people like Dan and Lori and Bill and Eula. Mr. Matlock back there. Others that, you've been in the Word of God? But how many, even though we know what we're supposed to do, don't do what we know? Why? Because we have this issue of rejecting. Jeremiah encourages, stop at the crossroad and look around. Okay? How do I learn from what was to gain what yet can be the wisdom? You have to stop and look around. You have to stop and look at what was. And then ask yourself, is that where I desired to be? Did I accomplish what I desired to accomplish? Fill in the blank, whatever it might be. Stop. 
And does your answer, as I'm sure it probably does for many of us here, say, no, not really. Not really. It, it could have been better. Or maybe not at all. You see, this is the important thing to do at the start of this year. We have to look at where we've been, whether good or bad. You, you can't just shut up. Well, that's, that's done. No, you've got to look at it because you've got to figure out, how the heck did I get there? Am I making sense? How did I get there? You say, well, what if it was really good? You need to ask yourself, how did I get there? Where was God in the good? Where wasn't God in the bad? You see, the future, folks, has a tendency to repeat the past if we don't do something about the present. Look at Jeremiah once again. What does he say? He says, he says, ask for the old godly way and walk in it. The second thing, and quickly this morning. You say, Pastor, I'm not sure I want to look around. I don't know. The problem is that we have is fear. Now, there's been lots of definitions. You put fear in an acronym. You can put it in, you know, uh, uh, false evidence appearing real. You can look at it as flee everything and run. I, I like the third one that I found that I think really should be you and I. Face everything and rise. Amen. But you see, fear is a very real enemy. Fear is literally the product of the unknown. We don't know what the future holds. Well, listen, we can face an unknown future. You know why? We have a known God. There's not a single person in this room that really knows what the new year will bring. We don't know the perplexities, the problems that we're going to encounter, the changes we're going to have to face, but we also don't know the blessings that God has in store for us. If we would just step in Him and walk, stop at this crossroad and say, okay, God, I'm not just going to go forward like I always do. I'm not just going to plow through this. I am going to purposely pursue the same passion that purposely pursued me. You see, no matter what the new year brings our way, we don't have to be afraid because Jesus is going to be there every step of the way. Remember a few months ago, I, I used a little example about a baseball diamond. How many were here that, that morning that I was chasing around and, and running all over the place? And some of you not even willing to admit it. But yeah, I, that was me. But the reality is, it's like, this race that we're in is like a baseball diamond. And we're running it. Can I make first base? And Jesus is standing there. Yeah, come on. I, I, I made the way for you. Then we get to second base, and Jesus is there. He said, keep going, keep going. And he cleared the way to get to second base. And you know when you got to second base, who was waiting for you? Jesus. But he doesn't say, okay, hold up. He said, come on, keep going. Why? Because not only is Jesus waiting for you at third base, not only was Jesus waiting for you at second base, you know what Jesus is doing? He's running alongside of you saying, we are going to make it. Can you say Amen. And then he doesn't stop you at third base. He said, come on home, kids. And he's running along with you. 
And he's at home waiting with open arms, saying, come on in. You see, we have a known God. We don't have to fear the unknown of what the new year might bring because God has already been there. I love a story that I read about a, a, a uh, 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 actually, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself here. I always look at that clock and that clock's lying to me. Joseph, think, think about Joseph. This, Joseph's basically a country boy. His dad, and he's got all these brothers, and Joseph became a favorite, and, and all of a sudden the brothers got jealous, and we know the, the story pretty much of Joseph, and Joseph, his brothers sold him off into slavery and, and, and left him for dead and all this kind of stuff. Well, think about Joseph. I, I, forget the brothers, forget all the stuff. Think of Joseph, this little country boy. He's just loving God out in the country, taking care of his family, his, or his dad, his brothers, being a good boy. And all of a sudden, overnight, his whole world changes. He's sent to Egypt, a place filled with all kinds of religious superstition. All he knew up to that time was God. That's all he knew. Egypt had some 2,000 gods, plus every one of them worshipped the Pharaoh. It was a metropolis of wickedness and idolatry. And Joseph arrived, not in, in faring fashion, but as a slave. But, but listen, he doesn't have a clue what he's going into. He sold to a high-ranking official. This, this guy was literally the head of the military police, the royal bodyguard, if you will. He was the chief of the executioners. He was sold to this guy named Potiphar, who we know as the captain of the guard. You can go in, into uh, uh, Genesis chapter 39 and, and read all about it. And he goes there, and this is a guy you should be afraid of. But think about it. Joseph wasn't intimidated by Potiphar at all. And do you know why? We find it right there in, in, in Genesis chapter 39, verse 3. Because Joseph knew God was with him. Look at me, please. Why do we face the future with uncertainty and fear? Well, you know, it was kind of, I just left a bunch of perplexity and, and a bunch of perplexing issues. And now I'm just kind of walking in uncertainty. Look at Joseph. He had no idea what he was going into. Yet he walked in great confidence and security. Do you know why? Because Joseph was the epitome of Psalm chapter 1. Look what it says there in Psalm chapter 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. You know what, what Joseph was understanding? He said, God, as long as I don't get messed up and all of that stuff, I'm doing good. And look what God says. If you won't do those things, if your delight will be in the Lord, he said, I will plant you by the trees of living water and everything you do will prosper. Joseph had no clue what he's going into, but he could go into it confidently. You know why? He knew God was with him. Let, let me tell you about another person. His name was Elijah. Elijah, God used in, in, in incredible ways. He walked courageously into the court of Ahab and Jezebel. 
Now listen, this is before all of this, all the stuff that happened on Mount Carmel and all the, the, the fire coming down from heaven and stuff like that. Before all of that happened, Elijah walks into the court of Ahab and Jezebel and says, uh, it's not going to rain here again until I say it's going to rain. Now, if you know about Ahab and Jezebel, they kill people. They get rid of people they don't like. So when you walk up to people like that, you don't want to irritate them because they might just want to lose 20 pounds of ugly fat, that thing above your shoulder. Okay, shoulders, yeah, okay. Tony, they'll get it when they're not. Okay. And so he comes up. He said, it's not going to rain until I say it's going to rain. Well, this irritated Jezebel and Ahab. But you know what? Elijah didn't care. L- listen to what he actually tells us in 1 Kings chapter 7.10. He said, it will not rain unless I say it's going to rain because I stand before the Lord God Almighty. And he said, and because he said, I said. You know what he said? He said, I am more than a conqueror. You know what he said? He said, my path is straight. My path is victorious. My path is overcoming. My path is promise. My path is hope. My path is peace. My path is joy. My path is just fill in the blank. God said, that's the path that I have set before you. But preacher, you don't understand what I've done. Sure I do. Because the Bible writes all about you and me. You notice I didn't just say you. I said me too. Let let me give you another picture of of Israel. Jeremiah chapter 29. We love the passage. It's misquoted all the time. The story is Jezebel, or not Jezebel, Israel is just now coming out of 70 years of captivity with Babylon. And they're coming out of this. And Jeremiah at the unction of the Lord, is writing to them and says, guys, I know what you've been. I know where you're at. But he said, I know the plans that I already made for you. My plans haven't changed. And my plans, look what it says here, are to prosper you, not to harm you. Isn't it so cool that that's all God wants? He wants to prosper us. No, I'm not talking about Cadillacs and diamonds. Prosperity is not necessarily measured in things. It's measured in peace. The peace that he tore when he did that temple curtain from top to bottom and got us back in right relationship with him. He said, I know the plans to give you hope and a future. And I love that. I put it in your notes. The King James Version ends this way, to give you hope and an expected end. Who expected it? God did. God said, I, I planned your end before your beginning. Corey Tin Boom said, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. C.S. Lewis said, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are to change the ending. Let me begin to wrap this up this morning. This is a New year. A new beginning. Things will change. I don't care what you have set out. Things will There will be bumps along the way. And sometimes everything you know is going to be tossed around 
in a chaotic way. There will be change. We have to keep pace. How do I keep pace with what I don't know? The Bible already told you it's going to happen. John 16, in this world, you're going to have problems. But in me, you're going to have peace. You see, one of the greatest difficulties in succeeding or overcoming or being victorious, what's that last word say? Consistency. You just keep on keeping on. You start the year off and say, okay, God, I know this is the direction you want me to go, not the direction I want to go. Folks, there's lots of things I want to do. I don't do it. You know why? Because I is the beginning of idolatry, and I don't want to be an idol. I want to say you and what you want me to do. Look what it says here in Proverbs 16. I put it on the screen. We can make our plans, but what's it say? The Lord determines our steps. Every day is a brand new beginning. It's a time to begin again. Failure is only the opportunity to begin again, but this time more wisely. Look for that old godly way and say, God, I want to walk in that. And setting a pace and keeping that pace is necessary if we're going to ever win in what we call this thing called life. Look what the Bible says over and over. The scripture says, I have fought a good fight. We see that in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Paul says, I fought that fight, I finished the race, and then he gives us the key to it. He said, I kept the faith. He said, I kept consistent. And look what the scripture says, stay the course. Hebrews chapter 12, it tells us, lay aside every weight and the sin. Can I tell you something? It's never some random thing that disrupts you. That thing that messed up everything in the back is usually that thing you had hidden in there. That you didn't necessarily think God still saw it. And God's trying to get it out of our lives. Look at somebody and say, ouch. He's trying to get it out of our lives. And he may allow everything to go chaotic until he removes it. But you've got to choose whether to reject his word or accept. Am I making sense this morning? I'm trying to give us a clear direction to start this new year. We have to lay aside. We've got to stay the course. And then he said, you've got to keep your eyes on the price. Now look at Paul. We talked about Paul. Paul said, I have been pressed on every side, but not crushed. I've been perplexed, but not in despair. I have been persecuted, but not abandoned. I have been struck down, but not destroyed. You know what that is the picture of? That's a guy that's got his eyes on the prize. He knows there's problems all around, but he keeps his eyes on the prize. Can somebody say amen? And then what Paul say? He said, I know the course. And then Philippians chapter 3 verse 14, he said, I just press on. I forget what's behind. I learned from it. I understood it. I examined it. I figured out why and how I got there. And I said, okay, God, been there, done that. Don't need to be there again. So I'm getting on the old godly way and I'm pursuing through. And then he understood the fact that if I'm going to do this, Galatians 6, 9 says, I can't get weary in doing what is right. There is an endless prodding of encouragement that we find in scripture telling us 
to keep pace. Ephesians chapter 6, and it's in your notes, folks. It tells us that when you've done all you can do to stand, stand. And then I love just going back to the first chapter of Ephesians, the 13th verse. It said, this is the ability that I gave all when you believed. Paul said, I got one thing that I want to know, and that's that I want to experience God's mighty power. He said, I'm not there. I haven't already reached perfection or completion. But he said, I press on to what God has called me for. The thing that he already possessed me for, I'm searching to believe to possess him in it. He said, brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but this is how I do it. He said, I do this one thing. I forget the past, and I look forward to what he has ahead. Now, let me give you some very simple direction in this. And it's a story that I read about a man who was famous at making resolutions. Here in in two weeks, I'm going to preach a message that I've titled, We Don't Need a Resolution, We Need a Resolve. Okay, next week, I'm going to talk about making this the best year ever. But ultimately, it's not going to be done with a resolution. This man made resolutions every year. And every year, uh, he made these resolutions. Well, one year, he said, I resolve, I'm going to make a resolution that I'll not get upset when my friends make jokes about my baldness. Well, the next year, his resolution was, I will not get annoyed when my friends make fun of my hairpiece. Well, the next year, he made a resolution. He said, I will not lose my temper when my friends make fun of me for wearing a girdle. Well, he stopped making resolutions after the last year. He said, my final resolution is I'm going to find some new friends. Now, I want you to hear this, please. To be victorious in this new year, it may be time to evaluate those you hang with. Those you call friends, are they lifting you up? Are they tearing you down? Are they holding you back? Are they propelling you forward? You see, some folks don't want to, you know, I call it crabology. Anybody here ever gone crabbing before? Y'all know what crabbing is? Okay. You, you You go to the beach and you grab a bucket. And you put a crab in that bucket. Well, if you don't pretty soon get another crab in that bucket, that guy's going to get out. But you know all you got to do to keep that crab in that bucket and never lose a single crab? Is put a second crab in there. Do you know why? Whenever that first one tries to get up and get out, the other one will say, Ma, not you, and pulls you right back down. You ever tried to get ahead and, and convince your friends that this is the thing to do? And uh, I tried that. They're lying through their teeth. They never tried anything. But I tried that. You know, before I got saved, I was raised, I was raised Catholic. I never read the Bible. But I used to tell people, you can't believe the Bible is full of contradictions. How did I know? I didn't. But I had to say something. Paul is telling them, guys, you need to evaluate You need to get some security in who you are and stop worrying about who they are. If they're tearing you down, it might be time to tear away.
Luke chapter 9, as the worship team comes. Listen to me. The Bible says anyone who puts his hand to the plow and looking back will never accomplish what God has called him to do. Anyone who puts his hand to the plow, whoever gives their life to Christ and starts this course of life called salvation and decides to keep their eyes on the past, to keep their eyes on whatever, he said they'll never be able to accomplish. I, I, you know, the wording's very tough here. They're not fit for the kingdom of God. Literally what the scripture is saying is if you're not all in, in a little while, you'll be all out. Spiritual consistency is the key to certainty. You and I need God's help if we're going to stay in this. Paul said, I focus on one thing. I forget what's behind and I press on to what's ahead. I press on to reach the goal. This is a brand new year. Filled with brand new opportunity. Brand new hope. Brand new potential. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to keep same old, same old? Or are you going to say, okay, I'm done. I'm tired of what was. Let, let me put it in this way. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm tired of going around this mountain over and over and over. God will let you go around the mountain. If that's what you want to do, he let Israel do it for 40 years. And there's only two that left Egypt that went into the promised land. Why? Because the rest of them rejected God's word. Two of them said, hey, if God said it, I believe it. I'm all in. Are you ready for this year to be unlike any year you've ever had? A year of victory? Overcoming? A, very, a year of security? No matter what happens, you can have it. All you got to do is decide who is going to lead you. Who? Now, I'm going to say something a little difficult. There's only two options, God or Satan. Only two. If you're walking your way, guess who's leading you? Don't look at me like that. Guess who's leading you? The God of this world, whose name is Satan. Folks, I didn't write it, but I'm going to, I'm going to preach it. He said, you're for me, you're against me. If you say, okay, God, I'm all in. And God says, fine, let's go. And we start running the bases of life. God said, don't worry. Yeah, there's going to be some trip-ups, some difficulties, some stuff. But that's okay. Been there, done that. You want a t-shirt? Jesus has a whole closet full of them, and they're your size. You know why? He made the path before you ever got on it. And he said, if you will believe, you can get on that path. Where are you at today? Has last year been perplexing? Have you gone through some, some junk? Okay, fine. I don't want to live there, but I have to learn from it. If 
I don't learn from the past, I'll repeat it in the future. Okay? So, Pastor, I'm a little, I'm a little concerned. I'm a little, I'm a little fearful. I'm a little uncertain. Why? He's the God of today, tomorrow, and yesterday. And he said, I don't change. Today, tomorrow, forever, I'm the same. He said, if you'll grab a hold of me, you're at that crossroad. I've got a godly way you can walk in. Oh, you might call it old. It's, it's kind of pretty new to me. I, I like it. But if you'll walk in this thing, I'll get you where you're going. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 630. Join us at 2615 East 7th Avenue, across from Cal Ranch. I'm Joe Harding. From Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Center, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.